Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. When we were at our worship meeting this week, we looked at this passage and we looked at our bulletin and we laughed and we said, I think people are going to know what we're talking about today. (laughs) Here I am, Lord, is in the liturgy. Here I am, Lord, is in the choral music. It's in the congregational hymn. At one point, my sermon title was Here I Am. It's the story of Samuel's calling in the night. This is a popular story from the Bible, and it should be. This is the child who was prayed for by Hannah weeping on the temple steps, offering that song that is just like Mary's song at Jesus' birth. This is the infant who was dedicated to God in the care of the priest Eli, the young boy sleeping there in front of this dimming light of the Lord in the temple of Shiloh. And this is that story of calling where in the middle of the night, God speaks clearly and loudly again and again. And this is the boy who will become the man who will usher in the royal monarchy for the people of Israel. He will anoint the first king, Saul. Yes, it's a popular story, and it should be. But isn't there also another person in this passage that is important for us to consider? Eli, the priest, asleep, at the wheel, but also aware of the call of God in Samuel's life. Eli appears as this foil to Samuel's character, because without that priest and his family's downfall, Samuel's trajectory toward greatness, well, it wouldn't seem so clear. Without the light going out dimming for Eli, Samuel seeing the light wouldn't be as dramatic. Without Eli's falling asleep on the job, we wouldn't know all that is possible for Israel with this new future that is on the horizon. And yet, Eli and his story is not popular. We really don't look at Eli. I checked it out, and there is no liturgy with Eli's language. (laughs) Here I am is the popular phrase that we use from these verses. There's also no hymn about the dimming light of our lives, no hymn about this honest speech. Go on, tell me everything, even the hard parts, because I know it is true. We don't sing that (laughs) again and again in our services. Eli and his blasphemous family, it is not a popular story. But maybe it should be. 
Maybe when we look at Eli, we see a story of faithfulness that is much more honest, much more complex. Instead of looking at Samuel in the passage today and this young prophet ready to make his mark and change the world, what if we looked for instead the faithfulness and the response of the aging priest Eli who made mistakes, who got things wrong, and whose order of things is about to be changed. Eli models for us a faithful response to a question that is live for us today. What do you do when the prophet singles you out for judgment? I'll give you a little more context on Eli. He's the priest in the temple in Shiloh during this era known as the Judges. We don't hear a lot, we don't preach a lot from the Judges, but it's this period of time where the people of Israel were governed by local leaders that sprung up at different needs, and it lasted for over 400 years, and I like to think of it a little bit like the wild, wild west. The land and its resources were up for grabs. There were threats from indigenous tribes, arrival of newcomers on the coast, emerging territorial states. Leadership was local and overlapping, and justice was sometimes homegrown and swift and not particularly righteous. Although stories of great courage and faithfulness appear in the book of Judges, the last line in that book really defines the period, and this is what it says. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and all the people did what was right in their own eyes. So Eli and his sons, they are part of this mix. They serve the temple in Shiloh, which was at that time the central sanctuary of the Israelites. Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they're a disaster. <laughs> They've corrupted the priesthood. They take the fat for themselves from the sacrifices that are supposed to be offered to the Lord. They're sleeping with people who are waiting outside the temple. And in many additional ways that are elaborated in the text, they are disrespectful to the Lord. And then there's Eli. For his part, we're not really sure he didn't or couldn't stem the tide of these actions. So Eli, when he realizes that Samuel has received the word of the Lord, Eli gets prepared. What do you do when the prophet singles you out for judgment? One of the commentaries that I listened to on this text is uh, by a man named Matt Skinner, who's a New Testament professor in Minnesota. And he offers some reflection on a podcast called Working Preacher. <clears throat> and he asks preachers to consider connecting this text to 
the MLK holiday, and here's what he has to say. He says, white churches, memories of King, are so sanitized that we would all have been right there with King if he was in our neighborhood. Well, Matt Skinner is in Minnesota. <laughs> so if he knew, as I do, after serving in Atlanta for 15 years, he would really see the truth of this statement. Because after 15 years of serving churches in Atlanta, I can confidently say that the legacy of churches in action or action during the civil rights movement continues to define their existence today. And I can also confidently say that every church I'm familiar with, and I've been in five, have done powerful and important work during this time and did hateful and terrible things too. And I can tell you which stories are publicized in the newsletter and which ones hang on the church wall. So what do you do when the prophet calls you out for judgment? So the little boy, the little boy Samuel, he comes back around to Eli, who has kept him and fed him, has given him a role, and he hesitates to tell the priest the bad news, the terrible news for his family. But Eli says, I know. Eli says, I know. A prophet is called to deliver hard news, and it is not because you want to, but because God has commissioned you to tell the truth. So he says, let me have it. Eli, who didn't do a lot of things well, is bright-eyed and clear-headed, no longer fearing what is, is ahead, even if the words condemn me, he says, it will be God's vision for the world. I want to hear that dream. What do you do when the prophet singles you out for judgment? I promised this morning in Sunday school that I was going to speak on the Matthew 25 conference. This is the reason Luciano is in town. And the truth is, I don't know a whole lot about it. <laughs> but we need to learn. It's a movement of over a thousand churches in the Presbyterian Church USA, large and small churches, urban and rural. And there are three explicit aims dismantling structural racism, eliminating poverty, encouraging congregational vitality. And then Luciano reminded me this morning, or helped me know this morning, that there are three additional intersections, which are eco-justice, confronting militarism, and 
abolishing the patriarchy. I said, I am on board. <laughs> Friends, it is a new thing that is happening with Matthew 25, even though it's been going on for I think almost a decade. But it is a new thing that the Holy Spirit is moving through the church. At this conference, I assume that there won't be the usual talks of declining budgets, of not filled pews, of polity rules, but instead, at the conference, the focus will be on serving Jesus by contributing to the well-being of the most vulnerable in all societies, rural, urban, small, large, young, not so young. And a part of the Matthew 25 commitment is that there's not just one way to do it. Could be affordable housing, community gardens, equitable education, better employment opportunities, healing from addiction and mental illness, enacting policy change and advocacy. Friends, this is a new thing, and the conference is full and has been full since I tried to get in a couple months ago. The dream of God's future is good. It's good. So what do you do when the prophet singles you out for judgment? Eli is ready to confess. You see, even when he is condemned, he honors God. Even when he acknowledges the truth of who he is, Eli honors God. You see, confession, it doesn't just have to be an admission of failure. Maybe not at all. But when you recognize how you have strayed, you honor God's path and the truth of the gospel and the hope of moving forward. And in a line so complex and honest and full of pain and suffering, yet lined in hope that I feel like there could be a seven-part documentary on Netflix about this one line, Eli, acknowledging his sin, admitting his wrong, his last line brings God the glory. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So may we with honesty, with confession, with hope. May we participate in the ministry of God and know that God's future is good. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Mm -hmm.
Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.